Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, we are lighting the candle, a world that works, and I am Bill Carell. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here today. This is an extraordinary day for me. Um, I'll get into that a little bit more later. But first of all, I've looked forward uh, to being semi-well as compared to the last podcast that you may or may not have listened to yet uh, with COVID. So um, you can't tell me that I let COVID get in the way of my responsibilities as far as this podcast is concerned. So having said that, don't tell me you don't have time to listen. We want you to get the most out of this and to really enjoy your lives. So I am here and they're tolerating my opening uh, at this moment because they love me. And quite frankly, I'm really excited to, to be here with all three of you. We've got uh, uh, Lisa, and Ken and Jan. And I'm wondering if we can bat around uh, the metaphors of the circle. Uh, as we all know, in literature and song, uh, there's a repetition of how the circle uh, is either the, the guide for our lives, uh, how it um, tends to bring things around a second and a third time. Uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm, the whole notion that life exists either inside of or because of a circle. Now, that's not necessarily true, but I'm setting it up this way just to see where our conversation can go. We've had some remarkable conversations in the past having to do with the metaphor of the circle, um, and I'll just let it go from there. So in order of the way people showed up this morning, Lisa, would you like to say hello, and then Ken, and then Jan, you can back clean up, okay? You want me to say more than hello? I think you've got the floor, and whatever you want to expound upon, that will be beautiful for us. Well, I always like to go with what hits me first um, after your statements, and well, of course, there are circles throughout life, but I... I tend to go more with the spiral and only because it helps me think about life better because it, it made me understand by doing a spiral, like as you're going up, you can still see things that were going on before, but from a different vantage point. And that's why they come back around again. You know, at least that was a, a nice way for me to understand how life can keep going back at, you know, the same things can keep hitting you even though you thought you resolved them or that kind of thing, but you're always kind of hopefully going up. <laughs> I like it. The, uh, the, the whole uh, Taoist uh, helix. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's something you can lose yourself in, you know, in terms of, of reading about it and kind of expressing it. Uh, I mean, really forever, you, you can never know it. You know what I mean? So uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Ken, so uh, I totally agree with the whole spiral thing. Yeah, actually, that's uh, my latest project is the life spiral project because it's exactly that. And um, so our, our viewers won't be able to see this, but um, you guys are all familiar with the Zen circle, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was taught to look at this not in two dimensions, but in three. So, and if you look at it, because the whole idea is, you know, it's like this one brushstroke to create this. But if you look at it as if you're looking down on it, and you look at like kind of the 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 end of the circle where it kind of tapers to a point, follow mm -hmm. it up. It's like it's rising into being, 
it's coming from what was below and it's coming up towards you. And that just really struck me as a very powerful kind of way of thinking about, you know, how a circle can it, often in our lives, we, we end up in, in kind of circular thinking or circular patterns, or we keep repeating circular relationships, you know, or we have the opposite where that circle goes downwards, you know, and we have kind of a descent because of difficulties and challenges or whatever. So, so the question becomes exactly what Lisa was saying. How do we use this, the cycles, the circular cycles of life and leverage that in a way where we spiral up? So if you were looking down on your life, there's actually uh, um, elevation and evolution occurring, you know, in the trajectory instead of just spinning in place or, you know, mm -hmm. there will always be some of that and always be spiraling down. But in general, how can we create a sense of an upward spiral in our lives? Mm -hmm. So. Excellent. Miss Jan? Um, we do not have a microphone for you. Okay. That's more better. There yeah, we go. Better. <laughs> um, I was reminded of a chapter in my favorite book, which is called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. And in it, she talks, um, she quotes a quote by Mother Teresa which is the problem with the world is we draw is that we draw the circle of our family too small mm. and um in the chapter she goes on to tell a personal story about um something and about how all of a sudden she realized she had to draw like you know we make the boundaries of our family and i think i've always looked at friends as my friends as my family in a lot of ways because of some personal situations and that you know, what would happen in the world if we actually thought of everybody as our family, or we drew the family, the, that whole idea of family, if we expanded that out. So that was what came to my mind. Very interesting. It's a great way to um, potentially begin the process of dissolving tribalism. Or, yeah. or expanding it. <laughs> So <laughs> the notion of inclusion uh, starts off with a press presupposition that not everyone's included. A and what if they are? What if the conversation is just on the wrong track? Hmm. Interesting thing to look at, because if you look at, at, at family, community, the world, and I always love that generic term, the family of man which means you don't have to know how many there are because every minute one's leaving and one's coming on board, you know, I, I mean, almost every second actually, or maybe even many times a second. So the whole notion of, of a, a, uh, a circular metaphor, I've loved all of the, I'll start in the, in the fifties and sixties with uh, singer songwriters using the, the notion of a merry-go-round or, you know, Joni Mitchell's circle game uh, and the whole notion of, of painted ponies going up and down, which is not necessarily a specific cir circle within one plane. But if you think about the, 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 the earth, we all think that the earth goes around in a circle because the sun is right where it is. It's hanging on a big string. And then the earth is on a string that just kind of cycles around it. But the cool thing is, is it never makes a circle. It makes a helix. The sun is moving this way, you know, through the universe. And the earth never goes back to the exact same spot that it's ever been in before, ever. I know that to be true, 100%. So the point is, the whole idea of having a circle is that something that people can use as an empowerment tool, the notion of a circle? Like for instance, remember gathering the wagons in a circle back in the prairie days? That was how, before they went to bed every night, 
uh, that they made sure that, you know, wild animals or, you know, people that were unfriendly to them didn't come in and uh, either make off with some food or, or make off with somebody or, or come in and attack them. And the other thing, you know, the uh, Harry Chapin, all my life is a circle. So if you, if you, you use that as kind of a way to relate, you know, it's a coin of the realm in terms of giving us some sense of the fact that we consider time not to be everywhere all at once. Our culture typically considers time to be something that moves in a linear fashion, uh, you know, through space. And it essentially, again, we never can dip our toe into the same river twice because time does not stand still. So as a tool of empowerment, the whole notion of the circle, the helix, the spiral, where does that become powerful to human beings in terms of relating to their family and their community? Because I really like that part of what we're talking about. First, I have to laugh because the circle game is my our, my class song and we just had our reunion. So you get men and women gathering, holding hands in a circle <laughs> and singing right. that song out loud. Anybody that's a laugh or cry kind of a song for many people. And I just did a workshop on, um, I guess it was a week ago Sunday, talking about the cycle of creation. And she actually talked about that song. So it came up <laughs> for me just like, you know, a week and a half ago. So we're probably it's, singing it at the same time. <laughs> it's amazing how something that is... Um, it's it's a notion. I mean, the, the the whole idea of the of the circle isn't something that's necessarily visible, and it's something that we can immediately identify with and go, yeah, that, I get it. That's it. And I was thinking too how just gathering it's so much better when you're in circle. I mean, we you know we've done that in multiple places. I mean, it comes down to the simple fact of even you know, at a banquet, you know, it's much easier to put people around a table, a round table than one big long table. But we've done it, sure, you know, wherever two or more are gathered, if you can come in circle and, and see each other's faces and just be in that circular energy, I mean, it's used so much and, and to great benefit, I think. I've taught classes where for a while I was teaching a chair mobility class called Ageless Grace, and we always did it in a circle. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, like musical. Well, it could have been musical chairs, <laughs> and the fact that um, we did play music, but the whole idea of seeing everyone, no one, knowing everybody is seeing everyone's face versus seeing the backs of people. Sure, King Arthur's Round Table, and I don't know if you remember this. I paid particular attention to it back in the early 1970s because I was quite interested on being and possibly being drafted when they were uh, constructing the peace talks uh, for Vietnam. Of course, the peace talks were never successful, but when they were constructing the, the, the peace talks, there was a, like a six month argument over what shape the table should be in order for, you know, for the US not to be at the head of the table and be running everything. And they ultimately, you know, basically said, we will have a round table or we will not come to the table at all. And that also meant that everybody was an equal at the table and that they all had an equal opportunity to provide something towards a, towards a peaceful solution. I like that. And, you know, it's like when we talk about people who get together to solve problems, we have these things called study circles. We have these things called, um, back in the day, empowerment circles were a very big thing in manufacturing. And we literally did stand around in a circle and there were no bad ideas, only ideas. And the ones that seemed to have legs were the ones that would get followed up on. 
and try it out. And when they either worked or didn't work, we get back together in our empowerment circle and, and discuss what happened and get everybody's point of view on what happened so that it didn't just automatically become a change in procedure. I'm wondering what, you know, was brought to mind as we were talking about the circle was to, you know, just I brought up musical chairs, like teaching in a circle versus teaching in a classroom style. And yeah. I'm thinking of the time when, like my mother was a kindergarten teacher. And at that time, everybody sat at tables and they were all round tables. And, you know, just in the development for kids or even adults, like how would things change if you actually, if everybody could see each other at the table? Sure. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about whenever I would do outreach, if the numbers weren't prohibitive, we would do a circle. So, you know, whether I was working with teenagers, adults, or, you know, four-year-olds, and the other thing that I always liked about that was you were you were able to position yourself as just a guide who was sharing in the journey and had just acquired a little bit of um, experiential wisdom that, you know, gave you the position of speaking, but it wasn't like this. You were part of it. So, you know, when you're standing in front facing everyone and they're all facing you, it's a different power dynamic. Um, and I always valued the circle. We would do it like teacher training, you know, and I didn't care if we had 40 people, we put them all in the big circle. <laughs> you know, sometimes the shapes are a little challenging in and of themselves because it's harder to maximize a smaller space when you're in circles. You, you do little circles, but wherever possible, it's interesting how it shifts, I think, energetically the experience, especially of learning, you know, when you're able to utilize a circle or something circle like <laughs> well some sometimes to establish the circle you hold hands and everyone goes as far apart as they can holding hands and then they all drop their hands to their side and this is where we conduct business from and it, it's a wonderful kind of a way to start things with people touching each other in a you know in an accepting uh non-judgmental way and i i think about some of the things that we've always looked at our entire lives for instance you know the uh the schoolhouse clock it used to be a regulator uh you know the regulators came out of they were time pieces that kept the uh, the railroads running on time uh that that uh in each one of the places where the train stopped there was somebody who had the key who kept the regulator round, wound and they always got an update of what the time was at the last stop so that if they needed to adjust the time a little bit ahead or a little bit back. So there was the circle of the face of the of the dial. And it's just kind of interesting to me how that became kind of the norm. Uh, if you look back at I, I actually had a pretty extensive uh, collection of clocks uh, in my 30s and 40s, uh, everything from. Uh, Seth Thomas, you know, to actually to you name it, some a lot of different clock, clocks. And what was unique about all of them was that they all looked different from each other, except for the face of the clock. They were all circular and they all had 12 marks on them or 12 numbers. And even if they were a foreign language on the dial. So these whole, you know, there's something comforting, I guess, about the notion of having certain things be familiar and be circles. And be complete. Because <laughs> one of the things I um, have been part of is the Circle of Trust by Parker Palmer. So, and those are, you're definitely in the circle and, but it's a, a safe circle where, where as, as he says, the shy soul can come out because there's touchstones that you have to participate, you know, that you have to agree to, you know, mostly like no advising, no saving, no that kind of thing. But and um, and, that, you know, strict confidentiality uh, in those two. And then I was also thinking like the families that share a meal together are usually much stronger and that's around a table. So got lots of circles of. Uh, community in different ways and, and the I, interesting part yeah go ahead and i was thinking of you know holding having held 
healing circles. Or prayer circles. Or prayer circles, yeah. Mm -hmm. Healing circles, prayer circles. Um, you know, I've done Reiki circles or Reiki shares, and that's always done in a circle. So, so the other interesting thing, Ken, um, when we when we think about our uh, our friend uh, Mr. Campbell and the hero's journey, uh, it is the you know like the foundational premise of life being a helix, in my personal opinion. And although there have been lots of takeoffs on the hero's journey, it's almost never represented, and I've never seen the hero's journey represented in a linear fashion only in a circle because it, it starts out and there's like the four uh, uh, you know points on a clock there's there's something very ordinary going on and uh, our hero is very lackluster and lacks any talent or even any uh, any direction in his life and then the next thing that comes is some kind of a breakdown or a call to action directly after mm -hmm. that and then once that happens you know there's a choice on the part of the uh, the hero to rise to the challenge, even though he or she knows that they are no no match for it. And then it takes them to this place where people use different language. Sometimes they talk about it being your innermost cave, but that place that is unknown to you, but usually full of fear. And other people call it going through the eye of the needle. Um, that metaphor of making yourself, changing your, your shape, so that you actually can go through the eye of, of a needle is a it's a great koan for for being open to anything and fearing nothing while you're fearing everything you know, all of those things at the same time so then there's the sword there's always a sword <laughs> sometimes it comes out of the stone easily sometimes the sword is thrust into our hero's hand uh, you know, against their, their better judgment or, or, you know, accepting. And then the next thing you know, they get pretty good at the sword. Now, in some versions of the hero's journey, they get good at the sword and they become pretty much the best in the, in the world, except for in some versions, that hero dies and, and must be reborn. In other, uh, in other ones, they just get the prize. You know, they might just get the uh, the bottle of elixir of life, which brings them full circle again, back to where the world, you know, the world is is stable and balanced, and there's no need for their their superpowers any longer. They can just be a normal a normal mortal until the next call to the to action. Now, Ken, you've done some particularly wonderful things with that. I ran through that, you know, uh, and there are many different interpretations. But I absolutely love what you've done in terms of making that into a strategy for people, you know, to make up uh, ways to to live their lives. Yeah, and it's um, you know, yeah, and it's interesting because we we linked the momentum learning system, you know, to and the momentum teaching system to the hero's journey, and you know, to me, one of the most interesting things about it is when you complete that circle. It really is a spiral because there's the return to the ordinary world, but you've been changed by your experiences in, in the extraordinary world and the challenges you faced and everything. So now you're, you're moving forwards with a foot in each world, you know, so, so you're bringing this value with you forwards. And it's so funny. This is such a, a relevant conversation to so much of the work we've done, you know, because even when we work with teachers, we talk about learning loops and the idea of creating um, a closed system of experiential information so that you have something that you can recall, you know. So for the student, if you leave it just kind of open ended and there isn't some way for them to reflect back on that, that chunk of learning it can get a little bit fuzzy, like, and it's not very actionable. So, you know, so we have a learning loop, but then at the end of it, we're always very uh, clear that one of the things you need to do is at the end of the loop, you need to point them forwards. And the pointing forward is basically so you can stack these loops and turn them into the spiral. So they're like circles that also are spirals at the same time you know and a lot of that came from really thinking about the hero's journey 
you know, and how 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 powerful of a a metaphor that can be in the symbols. Like, you know, another fun example was when we do a birthday party. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you saw them; they're just all customized, and you know, and it was really the whole idea was let's make this child the hero of their own story. And we were so committed to it that at the beginning of the party, we'd stand them on a chair and put a cape around them. <laughs> we literally put them in a cape. They were in their own extraordinary world that was of their own design, you know, so they'd have this experience. And it was always kind of cool watching. I liked watching their connection to their family and friends to that circle on the other side of that two hour experience. You know, kids are patting them on the back. They're thanking them. They've got this kind of glow to them. They've been changed. You know, because it was the the design of it was meaningful. So I guess that's the other thing is um, when you think of the circles in your life, whether they're, you know, uh, a contained thing or a path you're following or something you're using like a flywheel to gain momentum. How conscious are you of the design? Um, because the purer the circle, the more powerful it is. You know, especially if if you're thinking like a wheel, <laughs> you drive your car on a on a on an oval. It doesn't work quite the same as you know <laughs> if it's circular. So, yeah. I'm thinking that yeah, there's something should... about. Go ahead, Bill. I love how we're we're both thinking and expressing at the same time, Jan. And the reason I love that is because. <laughs> Every time I say, and what have you got, Jan, you always wow me. So, oh, I was going to say, you, I was just going to say, maybe I should have had like contacted Ken for my last birthday. I know. <laughs> we did some adult parties and they were I, I awesome. Had a, I, had a, I had a big birthday. So, I might, I could have used that. Like, you know, being a superhero would have been very um, applicable. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because. Oh, I, I was going to say, Bill, what was interesting, and, and I think, and we ended up doing, you know, you know, our focus was mainly on children, but we had several adults that wanted to do it, and their reason was it was this way for them to celebrate the relationships that they had with other people that had meaning in their life. So, you know, and and it was fun because by plugging it into the hero's journey, they got to kind of be... I don't know. Um, uh, they were a part of that celebration, but they were also like swimming through these waters of kind of, you know, being paid value to and people were there for them. And they, you know, so it was just just this cool dynamic. So we didn't do a lot of adult ones, but the ones we did were always a lot of fun. <laughs> and they were it was like everybody had permission. <laughs> You're in Quester's way. It's Full of just childlike wonder. So all the adults like walk through the door and they instantly had permission to act like overgrown kids. So, so that was really cool too, you know. I'm thinking I really should have done it, but <laughs> in the what? future. <laughs> yes. There's no way to have done it. There's only to do it. And as a matter of fact, we can get together at um Texas Day Brazil, and we can stand you on a chair and put a cape on you anytime you like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I, I will know what your colors are because I'll go back and re-listen to your uh, 100-person uh, project. Oh, I know what my colors are, yeah. Seems like they were uh, gold and uh, I want to say probably purple. It was purple and orange, yeah. Purple and yeah. Purple, yeah. Don't ask me where I pulled that from, but the point is it, it's there somewhere but i mean the remarkable thing about it too is is that you can take the uh the framework of the hero's journey and do really cool things in terms of like you know creating a learning loop and the two really key pieces of the learning loop that i took away from uh, my time with you ken was um, one number one is to take that time out at the end both not only recover yourself, you know, and rest up and look back thoughtfully so that you come away with a solid takeaway. 
something that you've actually learned that will now inform the next time that you go back to work on either that problem or a bigger one. And that's that whole notion of coming back to the place that you began from with a better question. And that all of life is, 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 is not about seeking answers. It's, it's more about having the opportunity to have your eyes open to where the next best question comes from. And uh, mm -hmm. it's not always the first thing that we think of. And in many cases, it's not the second or the third thing. But it's worth dwelling on for a while, and it's worth allowing yourself to be completely recovered, reload everything that you need to, pack a big lunch for the next time to go out and do battle, and just have some fun with it. So um, <clears throat> where else in our culture, and I, you know, you want to talk about songs for a minute. I just love every single song that has this whole circle notion in it. And, you know, the, the world we believe is round. It, it's round, it's roundish, right? I guess it's actually oblong, especially at the uh, equator, because we're spinning at such a rate of speed and a lot of there's a lot of outward tension, you know, that that people say that that it's an artificial uh, that where where sea level is and where the land is, is artificially high as a result of that. And again, we talk about, you know, just in our everyday language about circling back. Some of us say it more than others. But the whole idea is that you're never moving away from something as much as you're moving back around towards it again. And you know, the uh, Carly Simon song will be coming around again. You know, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to play the game. And so there's the, the gameness of the circle. And there's also the fact that the circle is a teaching circle from an experience standpoint. And it just completely allows you the choice to continue coming back and doing it again and again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The other um, interesting thing, and this is another kind of, it's a learning thing, but I, I think it can apply to a lot of things. Um, the going around the circle again is not a bad thing because the spiral will be embedded within it. So like, for example, you know, one of the learning processes we use is called AIM and it's A-I-M. Um, and we started using it originally with, with uh, compound body movement fitness routines, but then we applied it to a whole bunch of things. And the idea was you circle through the same information three times over like three weeks. Uh, and A was for acclimate. You're just open to understanding it so you think like you're you're running on a uh, a trail and you do your first lap and you're just figuring out you know how 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 far up am i going to go where the big is there a stream you're just you're getting the lay of the terrain you're not worried about you know your performance you're worried about learning you know but then the second time you intensify the eye is now you can go a little harder 
you can push a little bit because you have a level of familiarity. And then the third time through is maximize. You know, now you, you know what you're doing, you can really squeeze the benefit. So, you know, it'd be interesting, like with martial arts, you know, with kids especially, you teach them a movement and they're like, okay, I know that. Show me another new thing. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You learned it, but now let's circle back through this two more times so that we can increase our intensifier understanding of it and then maximize the benefit. Then we can add more newness to it. You know, but sometimes I feel like once we've completed a circle, we we forget the value in in circling back, like you're saying, to kind of squeeze the juice out of it, you know, whatever the experience is. So in yoga, we talk a lot about, or at least I talk a lot about in my class, is that when you come into something for the second time, it's never the same. Because you're different than <laughs> <Yep>. you were, <laughs> different than you were a minute ago. So doing the same poses over and over again from like in an hour sequence of varying the sequence. But when you come back to the same pose, you're totally anew. That reminds me of the story of Einstein uh, giving a, a test to his students and a student noticing that the questions were the same on the test every year. And he said to him, the questions are the same every year. I mean, isn't that getting kind of predictable? And he said, yeah, the questions are the same, but the answers keep changing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. yeah. But when we were talking about a circle, I was thinking about the, I mean, if you look at just physiologically, you know, everything is a circle. I mean, mm. in a way, or a circuit, we could say, like your circulatory system is a circuit. You know, your breath is really a cycle or a circle. And it just, you know, it's something that's really inherent in our own nature is this whole idea of a circle or a cycle or a circuit. It's all just repetition and coming back in and out. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely see that. And they all three reference each other, don't they seem to? Like mm -hmm. for instance, when you were talking about martial arts, I remember going to uh, East Catholic High School over in Manchester back in the 1970s to go see a young man whose name was Superfoot. And uh, oh, yeah, Bill Wallace. Yeah, absolutely. So we we went over the for the first time and I was actually taking uh, Taekwondo, Mudaquan Taekwondo with my next uh, door neighbor, Carl Scottinello, uh, working at Brand Rex. And so a bunch of us went over to see Bill Wallace do his his demonstration. And what was really cool is there were probably a dozen, 15 different black belts that were all brought there at the same time to, to perform katas from their individual disciplines. And the, the, the biggest distinction was there was a man there that was dressed in silks in, instead of a, uh, a, you know, a, uh, a cotton gi uh, and with dragons, you know, and uh, tigers, uh, you know, uh, uh, look like hand stitched on an absolutely gorgeous uniform and at the end of his performance he he basically said the main difference between most martial arts and kung fu is that kung fu is a circular motion with your feet with your hands with your blocks everything is in a circle so the difference for that is is most of the strikes in karate you know, and the lines taken are straight ahead, you know, or side to side, but mostly linear. And he said, it's kind of like, you know, when the Brazilians decided that they were going to steal martial arts and do the capoeira and turn it into a, uh, into a dance, that's a hundred percent circular. Every motion is, is around in a circle, the feet and the hands and the arms. But it was really cool. And the thing I really wanted to tell you about Bill Wallace, I have never seen a human being put a comb between his big toe and his and his first toe on his right foot and then part somebody's hair with it. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he was very skilled. Yes, he was. And he could hold that that leg up in the air for minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that that amazed most of the other black belts because some of them could do things like 
like thumb push-ups or or single finger push-ups and all the rest of it. And and Wallace could do that with one hand, you know. It was it was really quite amazing. And again, the neat part of it is is he was a fighter, not as much a a he actually fought competitively for prize money. And uh, you know, he was one of the guys that probably made the most money uh you know doing that. But the reason, the reason, when you think about everything, where did they fight? They fought in a ring. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the shape of a mm-hmm. ring? It's typically, you know, round. How about the one on our finger? That's also round. It's, you know, to 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 kind of, you know, be emblematic of the uh, everlasting and never ending promise or whatever it is for people. But the neat part of of, of a circle is. When you go to bed tonight, the circle's going to wake you up tomorrow and you get a new a new place to start. It can be a brand new start for you every single day if that's what you choose to do. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking of the Mobius strip too because that's a yes. interesting shape. You know, but- Looks inside goes outside again and vice versa or continual the mobius loop was what the eight trap eight track uh you know tape was based on <laughs> it has one flip in it and it gives you twice as much recorded uh you know space as as, <laughs> as you don't have to turn it over it just continues to play and forever and I'm not sure what Mobius means. It probably means continuous, but or something of that nature. Good question. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> so I want to come back to uh, what um, Chan presence. You know, the we shall not cease from exploration. At the end of our exploring, will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. And I think that was a tongue-in-cheek know the place for the first time, more like experience the place for the first time and probably never know it. You know, the more we think we know something, it, it almost seems like the less we are open to learning from wherever it is we are. Well, either that or the reverse. The more we know something, the more we realize that we don't know anything. There's that statement too. The more I learn, the more I realize that I don't know a damn thing. You know? Yeah, well, I, the more I question, so therefore I don't. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah it's kind of the whole sense, but yeah, the Dunning Kruger thing. You know that we're we're challenged with right now. You know, and it's that ability to maintain a beginner's mind. Like the whole Dunning Kruger thing is at the beginning, people are very comfortable saying, "I don't know." You know, but then once they start to learn about it, they quickly think they, the belief is that you, you know it, you're an expert. And, and that's the space where you actually don't know it. It's just new enough that, you know, your, your actual knowledge is disproportionate to your perceived knowledge on that thing. So you watch the YouTube video about whatever, and you're like, now you're the expert in it. You know? <laughs> but then the real experts on the other side are very, very quick to say, I don't know, because they've accumulated and acquired enough experiential wisdom to understand how much they has yet to unfold in front of them. So it's interesting. And that's one of the things you'd see that in the martial arts a lot. You know, you had to be very cautious that the ego didn't, you know, boot you out of a beginner's mind where, you know, someone challenges your belief or your practice or whatever. And, you know, for a lot of people, they they immediately go into their their talking points. Well, it's this because of that, or I'm right because of this. You know, that kind of thing, as opposed to I never thought about it that way. That's interesting, and they're open to it, and they ask questions, and maybe in the end they choose not to agree, but they're receptive to the fact that you know they they know there's a lot they don't know, and they're comfortable in that space. You know, all the the greatest masters that I've worked with were like that. They were, they were so, they were actually looking forward to things that challenged their own understanding and belief and they would jump on it. It's like, wait, 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 go back. Tell me more about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> actually would make you nervous because you're like, well, I don't really know. And they're like, no, 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 no. There's something there. Maybe you do know. And they were going to pull it out of you because that was going to help them grow, you know, and they weren't, there's no fear of that. It's, it's really cool. I think coming from my science background, I mean, you look for things that you don't know and you're always, yeah. and you're always looking for deeper because even if you do know something, you know, there's something else. You know, yeah. the story never ends, basically. So you're always yeah. looking for the beginning or something yep. or something that's before that. Yeah. 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 The, the other interesting aspect of the Dunning-Kruger effect has to do with people's self-valuation uh, without any other information. And for especially over the last 25 years where people have not had a, a competitive environment to operate in. I can tell you before 1975, if any, if any, welcome back, Ken. I was just saying <laughs> the Kruger effect also had a lot to do with there not being uh, physical rankings in school. You know, for example, uh, when when I was in in grammar school, all of our grades were, were were published, you know, in the form of a big red letter at the top of the page when they were handed back to us. And so if you got an A you got an A and everybody in the class knew you got an A because the teacher was very careful to flash it. So the Dunning-Kruger effect after years and years of not having any type of, of, of overt uh, competition was about people who just naturally believed that they were like in the top 5% of all people in any particular given area. And the neat part of it was when they actually taste, tested people who had been trained or had expertise or would be you know, uh, without doubt, you know, at the top of their class in a particular area, they were the ones who didn't place themselves in the top 10% or the top 20%. They almost always undervalued their skill. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the rest of the people, the 95%, all thought that they were 100% in the top 5% when they might have been in the bottom, bottom 30%. But it didn't seem to make any difference to them. Yeah, it's a very interesting and very human, you know, kind of uh, phenomenon. Exactly. <laughs> and it also, it also, um, it also demonstrates the the value of having some sort of an objective measure as you go through life, so you actually do have some sort of an idea of where you are on the continuum. Not necessarily in terms of competition with other people. But again, I always like that notion of being competition with the person you woke up as this morning. You know, that each day is going to give you more information and maybe give you an opportunity to be a better person than you were when you woke up this morning or when you went to sleep last night. So Mobius is actually the name of the man who discovered it. There you go. Ah, okay. He, that makes even sense. Even though it exists, they proved that they've shown that it existed prior to that, but he discovered it. I like that. We don't say invented in much as much as we we used to, do we? No. <laughs> Still learning. Yeah. <laughs> go back again. Go back. Unbelievable. I think I think there's just so much lack of wonder today because there's so much available on the internet. And I, I used to say this back in the 1990s, you know, while I was a, a fledgling uh, IT business owner coming up through that period of time. And, and I, I always said that we need to be training our the thought process of our children not to memorize things and know anything but to be really, really, really good at going and finding answers, even when they flew in the face of what they already believed. Yeah. Well, I remember spending a lot of time, quote unquote, like exploring, like it was just like imagination was really stressed or cultivated. Yes. And so that whole idea of being creative. And yeah exploring and basically you know literally like playing in dirt or whatever but you know creating kingdoms or whatever you did without any sort of necessarily any material objects to do it with like you had to look for it to find you know to be able to build it step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family 
cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Exactly. So, so do you remember, you may or may not remember this. There was a, an ad campaign when we went from dial-up internet to when it was first either DSL or from DSL to cable. When cable gave us this amazing amount of bandwidth, like 768K, right? Like, I mean, forget about that today. That's like, you know, that's like one chocolate chip cookie today. But the the ad was this guy who's, you know, and all of a sudden he looks up and he goes, I finished the internet. And all of us who, who were working with dial-up and it takes you like five minutes just to get on AOL after the beat on, beat on, beat on. Those were the days. Our children will never know those 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 noises. Well, we got into this whole conversation about um, my nephews in Israel for the second year. And we got into this whole thing about, you know, when we went to, when I went to Israel, I remember we'd all stand, you got to, you had a phone card and you would stand at the phone booth, like online with like, like 20 other people to be able to like talk for five seconds, you know, and basically it was once a month or whatever was the period of time was say, mom, I'm alive kind of thing. And don't worry about me. And now like, you know, my sister-in-law speaks to my nephew every day. Via WhatsApp, WhatsApp. and so it's very different experience that and airmail letters, you know, versus like email, (laughs) you know, the old email blue, if you remember blue email letters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Blue email letters. I was also thinking like uh, years ago and that, like Ken was saying, like, Sometimes the numbers are, are prohibitive of, of creating circles, but then you would do the smaller circles. You know, you, they'd break you up into smaller groups, and then you'd sit in a circle. And and now I'm thinking, today we have Zoom. <laughs> That's right. And I I thought that same thing. And we are basically in a circle. Mm-hmm. And if the circle gets too big and it's more than one page, what do we do? We have breakout rooms to have smaller mm-hmm. circles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a remarkable thing, um, and I, I actually think that there's a, uh, at least for me, when I think about it, it's comforting. You know, it it really feels it, it kind of feels like like George Carlin would say. You know, it's like like home. You know, home, right? The good home. You know, when where everything works and everybody has enough. There's no fighting and squabbling of that home. And that's kind of what circles are for me. Circles, cycles, circuits, all of that, you know? And so now... Look around your room and see how many things are actually circles. You know, I've got... Looking at my curtains and they're all just interchangeable circles kind of thing. I've got the mirror on the wall that's a circle, you know, with the own symbol in the middle, but you know, everything is a circle, you know, plates, cups, (laughs) everywhere. What's the symbol for silence? Gold. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that isn't the symbol for Ohm is kind of like nothingness. I think, or that's one of the translations of it. But I don't know. I don't know what symbol is for silence. It's interesting. But is there okay. something one in sign language? I wonder what that would be, what they use. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe one of our listeners will, will make a comment below and tell us all about that. That would be cool. <laughs> so I guess, you know, the whole point, again, we only yammer at each other every week, you know, to not only take up an hour, but hopefully re re bring you back to the to where you've always gone to so that you can know the first place as if it were the first time and do it in a, in a way that empowerment shows up. That there's a good feeling about it. There's a feeling of, of, of either winning or can do or, you know, just life's good and, and, and everything's going to work out. You know, it, it's going to be okay. We have in our lives so many different places where life is not good and it's not okay and it's not working for people. However, we can bring minutes into those situations where it is good and it does work and it is okay. And sometimes hours. It's, it's kind of remarkable. And I bring that up because we have, uh, you know, a couple of family situations right now where we have some older relatives and they are struggling with, uh, with, with end of days dementia. And uh, it's remarkable the things that come out of their mouths. And <laughs> it's, it's like I was talking to my younger sister who's, whose birthday it is today, as a matter of fact. And she was talking about her, her, her beautiful husband. They've been married to each other for 29 years. And he's quite a bit older than she is. And he's, he's struggling at the moment. And there are times when he is not fully in touch with who she is or where they are. And he'll just come out with the strangest things. It's like, you know, his language escapes him at times. And he'll say some words that mean something to him in his reality and she really has to play Inspector Clouseau to figure out what the Dickens he's actually talking about. And he said one of the things they have this this deal where she goes to the store and brings him a cookie that's that's in the, in a plastic wrapper, and he hands she hands it to him, and then he eats the cookie. And well, yesterday he came out with bite, bite or bite me, you know, and she goes, "What? What are you talking about?" And she looked at it, and the plastic wrapper was over the cookie, and he couldn't get at it. So, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing he says is, you're not very smart sometimes. As you were saying that, I'm thinking of, you know, on my Wednesday yoga class, one of my students comes with her granddaughter who I've been watching like every week for the past like year or so. And so when she came, first started, she was three months old. So now she's like walking and she's starting to talk is when kids talk and that whole, like, what are they trying to tell you? Yes. And that when you play, play along with them sometimes and you're thinking like a kid and they look at you like, wow, that's like my niece turning to me one day, she had a play kitchen in her bedroom. And I said to her, that's kind of really cool. That means you, if you get hungry in the middle of the night, you can make something to eat. And she turned to me and said to me, Aunt Jan, it's just a pretend kitchen. I'm like, what are you, dumb? So. That little kid eye roll. Yeah. Yes, and... What the heck? When we bring a fully functioning adult's ability to pretend, I don't know about you, but I, I we we had I had five brothers and sisters, and the youngest, the one whose birthday it is today, was nine years younger than me, and we used to play this game all the time. If we weren't using a stick for a gun or something like that, this game was called Betended. I may have talked mm -hmm. about this before. So like my younger sister would say, 
So pretending that we uh, found a lot of money and pretending we built this big old house, you know? And so then we'd all take turns pretending. And it's just a remarkable thing. We've done that a few times when we've gotten together for holidays and roared. I mean, just laughed like crazy, like like really, really crazy people and just had the best time presencing, betending, you know, or betending. There's no G on a, on a betending, uh, just to be just to be clear and precise. But the whole uh, the whole notion of doing that as a. 50 some odd year old or a 60 some odd year old be tending in a group like that and just breaking each other up, having the best time ever. Circling I back. Think the world needs more of that, Jan, and thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I, I was thinking of what Ken said about, you know, giving adults permission to be kids, like mm -hmm. in, in that experience. We have this idea that we you know once we grow up we can't act like that anymore until you do until you do or you till you don't care you know what people think or whatever and you're kind of like i'm just going to do it anyway yes i always had that theory too in fact like a few well like a decade or so ago i had a little company called kid and you and it was field trips for grown-ups it didn't last very long but the idea was there <laughs> I, I so wanted to see grown-ups having fun again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite lines in a song, um, I don't know if Neil Young ever wrote about a circle. He probably did, being from Canada and all, you know, Ontario. There's a lot of circles up there. But my favorite Neil Young line is, uh, doesn't mean that much to me to mean that much to you. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of how he's always lived his life, right? He would be that kid on the bus that was flashing the moon out the back. Oh, and people would love him for it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. And his reprise. I don't know if you're if you're you're big uh, Neil Young fans or not, but you know Harvest Moon is a a really really great retrospective in several several areas, and I don't know, you know, it's twenty four and so much more, you know. Now, do you know the story about that when he bought the bought the ranch and there was a caretaker that was there that was in his fifties? But 50 back in 1967 or 68 was, that was fairly old, you know? And so he had a wrinkled face and all the rest of it. And, and Neil got a lot of time to just have conversations with him and, you know, really get into, um, I'm a lot like you were, you know? Why are you out here taking care of this ranch? Because, you know, at, at the end of the day, we both think a lot alike, you know? And, and maybe I can live my life and uh, live alone in a paradise that makes me think of two. So it all comes back around, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. At least that's what I'm saying today. And again, it's just a conversation, right? We're just people talking, right? Yep. Do you ever find, do you ever find yourself and I'm, I'm, I'm talking from my own personal experience now. I'll be in the middle of doing something and either grinding away at it, really fully concentrating or something. And then all of a sudden, I just I think of, of, of a conversation that we had, something that Jan said or something that Lisa said or something that Ken said, and I look up and I just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and for a minute or two, I'm transported right back to, to this place where we're in four corners and we have different windows every single time. But at the end of our time together, I want to say I always feel 100% better than when we started. 
They always start off pretty darn good. <laughs> any any parting thoughts? Go be in circle somewhere. <laughs> Except don't get caught in the mental circle, as I call it, the mental cul-de-sac. <laughs> or the emotion <laughs> back where it just, you know, you're repeating the same story in your head all the time. I like that. Transform that circle into a spiral. That's right. <laughs> that works really well when you paint yourself into a corner. <laughs> So anyhow, just to remind you and to re reinforce and to consolidate, we are lighting the candle, a world that works. And it's been our pleasure to have a conversation on your behalf. And hopefully something we've said today will resonate with you that maybe during the course of the week, you'll just look up and smile and go, those rascals. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for listening and thanks for Thanks for keeping us at this. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye for now. You've been listening to Lighting the Candle, a world that works, part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can catch us each week as well as the rest of the network at exvadio.com slash podcasts, as well as the Apple Podcasts app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Audible, Amazon Music, and wherever you find podcasts.